You're listening to the Uncivil Satu Gen, and I'm here drinking at Moe's. All right, everybody, welcome to Drinking at Moe's. Host Big Mo here. Be sure YouTube, like, subscribe, comment. Helps with the pain in the ass YouTube algorithm. That's a tongue twister. We're on Apple, Google, Spotify, anywhere you can find your podcast. Today I have with me, I'm excited, Satu Jim. How are you doing? Doing pretty good. How about yourself? Well, I, I can't complain. You know, I've been having some pretty cool interviews lately. I've been uh, picking up some steam, getting to go to... Uh, wrestling revolver here soon so that's going to be a fun time oh heck yeah yeah i've i've been i've only ever been to a couple of the shows there but had uh sean sean t on not too long ago and he said next time they're in des moines that he had my ticket so i was like uh hey sean that offer's still standing that's good oh yeah I haven't been to a wrestling revolver show yet. <clears throat> oh, it, they're they're a good time. I've uh, been able to talk with a handful of the people there. I've, in fact, one of my favorite moments from the last show that I went to was Jake Chris versus Joel Bateman in a death match, and ended with them lighting panes of glass on fire. Oh hell yeah! Oh, yeah, it was something else. But first thing I like to ask each of my guests is what got you started as a fan? And then what got you started making the deciding to make the jump into the business? Because then everybody's got their own story. Uh, I guess for starters, uh, I wasn't really like, a fan of what was on TV mm. as like in my younger years. Um, I wasn't a fan at all of wrestling period. Uh, my, like the local, uh, I guess you could, we were kids back then. So the local kids uh, where I live had started their own backyard wrestling promotion. Mm. Uh, and some other guys uh, you may know, like uh, Aiden Blackheart and uh, Shane Mercer. Okay, yep, I've definitely yeah. heard of those guys. Yeah, they had started their own, like, backyard promotion, had a ring and everything, and I was about 16, I think, 15, 16, and, okay. uh, yeah, uh, at first it was just for fun. Um, I did it for about four years, and I was just goofing off, just, like, like not really taking it seriously, just kind of having fun, backyard wrestling. Yeah. And then one day it just clicked in my head, like, why not try like to do this professionally? Like go get trained and see where this can go. Yeah. Much. Like, I wasn't really doing much else. Like I had dropped out of high school to get like a factory job. So I wasn't doing anything. So why not try for something more? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, Shane was the one who uh, got me in shape and then introduced me to a man 
who goes by cash flow. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of him. He's, uh, I don't know if he's current OVW heavyweight champion, but he's mm. been champion there. He currently works mostly there, I think. Uh, he was an IWA Mid-South guy back in the day, did stuff for the Juggalos. He had, uh, was the guy who broke me into wrestling, trained me. And from there, after I was trained, I was pretty much just let loose on the indies to do yeah. whatever I did. And from there, I just like hopped in cars and found people who, uh, like vets pretty much, and just hopped in cars and showed up to shows and built rings and did what I did until people gave me a shot. Hey, and you know what? That's that's the way. Well, most people get their start is you know finding vets that are needing that you know have a car, have some space in their car, get in there, start setting up shows. Then before you know it, you're getting into matches here and there. So it's all pre- pretty cool. I, you know, I've had my fair share of stories with guys and i've actually shared funny enough one time i went to a show in des moines iowa where there was some guys that i'm i've become pretty good friends with and they were all staying overnight because they were going to a show i believe in north dakota the next day and i remember me and one other guy he was curled up on one end of the couch, and here I am curling up on the other end, just all like, oh. So sometimes that's how the start goes. It's not everybody getting, you know, knowing somebody at the performance center and, you know, getting to get in that way and kind of getting an easy way in the door. Right, right. And I wouldn't say that's an easy way either. I mean, everyone has their own, like, walk to get to the dance, I guess. That makes no, any sense. <laughs> no, that, that, make, that makes perfect sense. Because, I mean, even if you have somebody, for lack of a better way to put it, open the door for you, it's up to you to do what you can. It's all on you after you make that walk through it but uh 100%. oh yeah and like, like some me, of the oh, yeah no go ahead uh, go ahead uh, me in like 2016 would not have survived in the matches i get now in 2023 <laughs> <laughs> speaking of some of those I seem like I don't know how the hell this happened, but I seem to have developed a little bit of a following in the deathmatch community. Like I've had Bull Bronson, I've had Alex Cologne, which that was a bucket list level one for me, get having him on. Oh, I've interviewed a a good portion of the last CZW tournament of death, including the winner. So yeah no i've been i've been blessed in that aspect but you know some of the matches that you've been involved in you know it's kind of interesting because the death match used to be kind of oh kind of was stuck to 
you know, where you got your start in like the, the backyards, but now it's on like the huge stages and getting like what I like to call a little bit of a deathmatch explosion, because I mean, you have CZW getting back, kind of getting back into death matches. You got GCW doing all their stuff with like Tournament of Survival, the Nick Gage Invitational, and oh my my favorite, the uh, the Art of War games. Those matches are insane. But uh basically what I was getting to is what is it like being a part of some of this stuff and being a part of those type of matches because it kind of takes it, it in my opinion it takes something special to actually go ahead and sign up for some of those matches uh, I can't really like boil it down to how it really like feels for me per se uh, if I had to, I guess, hmm. never really thought about it like that. <laughs> no, it, that that's fine because, I mean, the way, I mean, going back to some of the promotions and stuff, like, not only do you have all these promotions, like, let's say, one that's very popular out there, ICW No Holds Barred, you know, Horror Slam, Circle Six, GCW, CZW, and one that I am looking forward to getting to because they're having their first show here in my town, Omaha, Nebraska, Mid-Death Pro, ran over there by the Carver. They're having their first show here in Omaha here in like end of towards the end of March. But like all the those are like some top notch places. And I mean, they're getting helped out by, you know, streaming services like IWTV, Fight TV, even more so now with the Fight Plus. I mean, it's all over the place. Yeah, there's seriously been a huge influx. I mean, it, it seems like it's more so lean towards the deathmatch scene, but I feel like it's really just the independent wrestling scene as a whole. It, like, not just deathmatches is getting the light from, like, streaming services. But, like, but yes, there has been a, a boom, I guess, as compared to, like, earlier years for deathmatch wrestling in particular. Yeah. No, and I mean, you make it a, a good point. It's not just Deathmatch that's getting helped out there with those streaming services. I mean, you've got great promotions out there that like aren't really centered around Deathmatches. They might feature a Deathmatch here or there. Like, I got some pretty good friends out at uh, Warrior Wrestling in Chicago that, I mean, they have a little bit of everything, and I mean, they're they're bringing in guys like the Kingo from Mexico, and you know, they they really got helped out there when that uh, 
that streaming ban got lifted like right before their last show that featured a triple threat with the Kingo in it. So it's, you know, you've got so many choices out there with independent wrestling and just wrestling in general that are being helped out by those services. 100%. It, um, it, it, it. Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, it's kind of nuts when I think about it now. Like, yeah, uh, I was just talking uh, with someone not too long ago about how, like, I was thinking about during the pandemic and because of those streaming services, like, wrestling and, like, there wasn't too much entertainment going on and wrestling was like one of the first things to like open its doors to mm. try to entertain the masses. I feel like there was like comedy and stuff like that, maybe some music shows, but like the only thing I know that I see because I'm in the community of wrestling was mm. wrestling was trying to do something. Oh yeah. And you know, you bring up a good point because I mean, a lot of places were shutting down productions and you get into you know, wrestling, I mean, on the national scales, you had, you know, WWE doing their stuff with the, the Thunderdome. You had Daily's Place for AEW, and then you have all these other independent promotions that are doing things like one here in the Omaha area did one where it was basically like a drive-in movie sort of thing where people would be able to just sit in their cars and, you know, they had the ring set up and, you know, they, they'd stream that, I believe on Twitch, but, you know, it really was wrestling being one of those first things that really consistently started putting out stuff during that time. 100%. Um, what would you say is something, what would you say is a favorite promotion of yours that you've been a part of? Because you've been a part of some pretty big ones. I mean, as far as independent wrestling goes. Uh, I mean, that's pretty cut and dry. I would say ICW is probably my favorite. No holds barred. Oh, my yeah. My favorite to work with. No, I, I can Oh, I was going to say, I can understand that they put on some great stuff. And I mean, they got some unique shows even with uh, their stuff that they do with the in the chains. And then they got their like fight pit, the pit fight type shows that are like very unique because I mean, you don't see it everywhere where the type of shows like that, especially that pit, pit fighter, the I forget the name, exact name of it, the the event when they put that on, but the in the chains ones like where literally every match there's no ring ropes, it's just chains and stuff. I mean, it's insane. I know shortly after I interviewed uh, the SAT, they were going to be on one of those shows. Want to say it was last WrestleMania weekend. And I ended up watching. I'm like, holy shit. And they ended up pulling off one of their patented Spanish flies off of the corner. And it's just insane. 
But um, kind of round things off, I do like to have, I have two categories. First one's a bit of a, a name game where I like to kind of, as much as I can tailor it to the guests and as much as I can try to have people that you've at least been on the same card with, but you know, sometimes I don't, I'm not able to make that happen, but I give you a name and you give me your first thoughts on them. Uh, okay. First one, I kind of vaguely brought him up. The winner of the last CZW tournament at a death, Bobby Beverly, the Bev. I love the Bev. He's not a guy. Oh yeah, he was he was fun. I gotta have him on, and I wanted to say when I scheduled with him, it was actually before the tournament of death, but we ended up talking after, and it was like, oh cool, I'm getting to talk to the a winner of the tournament of death. That's pretty insane. Next up, kind of also brought him up a little bit ago. The guy that I've sat front row at some of his shows. And let me tell you, when you're sitting front row and that guy's walking towards you, he is one intimidating looking motherfucker, the carver. The Carver is an interesting guy, to say the least. <laughs> um, like, the few times I've crossed paths with him, like, they were probably some of the funnest matches I've had, but gosh damn it, like, I keep my distance when, I'm not, when we're not working together. Like, other than that, it's like, I keep him over there. yep i i can understand that like he was supposed to have a no rope barbed wire match against a really good friend of mine here in omaha that uh it was the night after a mid-death pro show and he ended up getting uh, cut up pretty bad by a light tube so another friend of mine Crazy as he is, sometimes ended up volunteering to be a replacement so they could still have that no rope barbed wire match. So. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> but yeah, the the two guys I was talking about, you might have ran into them, Bo Gott and uh, Brandon Juarez. <sighs> Bo Gott, I've seen the name and I feel like I've ran into them before but maybe not like it's probably one of those things where like we bump into each other on some random show but i don't think we've met uh the other name doesn't sound familiar but i've probably met him he's (laughs) he's been a pretty good friend of mine he was actually the best man at my wedding actually introduced me to my wife but uh yeah he's this was he was into and did more of the death matches before I met him. So I've heard plenty of stories, especially going over to like the 
the uh, gathering of the juggalos and stuff and some of the crazy shit that goes on there. And, you know, when he first, I, he wasn't the one that first told me that he was going to be the replacement for that no rope barbed wire match. And when I overheard, then I went up and asked him like, really? It's like, yep. I'm like, man, I don't envy you. Because those those no rope barbed wire matches are <laughs> next up a guy that man he is a machine and I'm glad he's back after he had a little bit of a scare not too long ago Hoodfoot Hoodfoot is like brother to me honestly like I, I don't want to say little brother because like he's like he's his own man now but like when we started out when I was getting in car loads I was in a car load and I remember Hoodfoot coming along and like I remember being responsible for Hoodfoot and making sure like he kept on his P's and Q's of like paying dues and stuff like that like, <laughs> seeing him now is like one of the best things ever for me Though I can imagine, you know, when you uh, kind of help somebody along in a way and then seeing, you know, the success that they end up having, like, like Hoodfoot's been having. I mean, when he came back from that little bit of a scare after he had that kind of a nasty gash in a match, I remember watching the match that, that happened in. I'm like, all of a sudden, suddenly it ended. I'm like, what the fuck just happened? So I'm glad he's back into it and getting in there. Same. Next up, a guy that I will be, I'm believing next week, releasing his episode. A guy that, a bit of a legend, especially in the Deathmatch community, Madman Pondo. Madman Pondo is probably one of my favorite people in the biz like he was my second match ever in wrestling and like when i wrestled madman pondo that's when i was like i can fucking do this i am so i never felt more like into it than when i wrestled pondo though i i can see how a guy like him and getting in there especially when you're kind of young in the business could definitely do that because i mean good lord he like i kind of mentioned when bringing him up bit of a goddamn legend that guy and to see that you know he's still hanging in there getting it done and man when he, i remember when he said that he'd do my podcast i'm like oh shit <laughs> like that was like oh damn next up a guy that i have talked to about coming on the show but the guy's a damn machine keeping himself busy 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 so hopefully someday soon john wayne murdoch yeah I say this with all my heart. 
fuck John. <laughs> and he knows why. Nah, it's all right. But, but fuck <laughs> John. <laughs> I hope he hears this. Oh, I'll, when, he, when, I'll you, when, you, when you get him on, when you finally manage to wrangle him on, tell him I said, fuck you. <laughs> I will be sure to remember that. I'll be, you know what, I'm even more so looking forward to getting that one done now so I can, you know, see what his reaction is going to be to that one. Well, last but not least for this category, a guy that I'm proud to say I have signed ring-worn kick pads of his, Alex Colon. I like Alex. I haven't really gotten much time around him uh, on like a personal level. Like we've been in car rides, but there wasn't much like conversation going on. And then there was a few conversations like at shows that we were on together. But I'd like, well, I think he's taking a break right now, but I would have liked to have gotten a match with him. Yeah. Last I remember, I think he's taking a little bit of a break. Don't know how long that's going to last. Hopefully not too long because I know I'd like to see him get back in there and maybe you get get a, get in there and mix it up with him. So I, I guess we'll see. Only time will tell there. Next up, I have a bit of a random question category. I never really know except for one Maybe two questions what I'm going to put in there until I'm writing my notes together. First one, craziest in-match moment. Craziest in-match moment? Uh, probably when Cruel about got his arm cut off with that uh, pane of glass that was that accidental, uh, not tempered pan glass of that ICW horror story show. Okay. Yeah, that one was probably the craziest. That, and it wasn't, I didn't dawn on me how crazy it was until after, like, I saw it back at another angle. I can imagine, you know, you get a seat. You know, you might be sitting there in the crowd and get to see one angle, but then like get to watch it back at a different one and you get to see it from a different perspective. Yeah. One, one of, well, two of mine, one I kind of already mentioned with the Jake Chris versus Joel Bateman death match where they like literally four folding chairs, two panes of glass. And then Jake's manager came in with some lighter fluid and just, and I'm like, oh, shit. That, that was nuts. And then I saw I was on the other end of a multi-person ladder match. I was on the other side of the crowd. They had a bridge, a ladder bridged between the ring apron and the guardrail. And all of a sudden I see one of my friends had a guy on his back. And then before I know it, leaped up and the ladder just went completely like a V. It was nice. 
I've been, but yours, uh, that, that one, uh, that would be hard to beat. You know, I've, I always like asking this question because you always hear some entertaining stories with it from getting to hear about that moment. When speaking of crazy moments, some might involve like different types of weapons, like the glass or the folding chairs. What would you say is a weapon that you would like to avoid being used against you if you had the choice? My own saw blade. Okay. Yeah, uh, Randy West did that here recently on the last RPW show, This Time It's War. Okay. Uh, if you haven't seen that, check out the replay on IWTV. I'll have but, to do that. Yeah. She chopped me up, and I was like, ow, this is what I've been doing to people. I don't <laughs> want this one. Oh, man. No I'm ever can... getting that thing out of my hand again. I can, I can imagine. I know... Uh... I've heard some ones that I would definitely understand. I mean, I've heard everything from, oh, definitely not wanting to use fire, but I've heard uh, gusset plates. But uh, surprising, uh, well, I thought was a surprising one. Alex Cologne, he told me toothpicks. Oh, yeah, anything that'll break off. Yeah, I don't want that either. Oh yeah, wood, anything like that. Now, yeah, no, we because he he made a very good point, and I'm sure you understand. You know, you might luck out and you get the whole damn thing out of there, but you know, you break off the wrong piece, and then you might have a chunk of that embedded in your skin, get infected and shit. Nasty. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. But uh, next one, I personally have both of these, but would you consider yourself more of a dog or a cat person? Uh, I mean, currently, I guess I'd call myself a cat person, seeing as I have three cats, but I want a dog so bad. <laughs> But I have no nope. cats. Nope. My I can totally understand. I I've always considered myself more of a dog person, but when I first met my wife, she had two, and we actually now have a third cat. And we also have an English bulldog and a Great Dane puppy. Mm. Yeah, they're both surprisingly relaxing on the couch right now which earlier they were kind of fighting over one of their uh, squeaky toys but the the cat the, the, the cat thing my wife surprised me one night because she had been talking about getting another one but then all of a sudden I see in the window of one of our upstairs rooms I see a cat up there and I'm like, okay, that cat looks fluffier. Then I go and I get one foot on the steps to go upstairs and my wife's like, babe, 
I'm like, you got another cat, didn't you? That cat seems to love the hell out of me. Like, I'll be laying in bed, and all of a sudden, he'll just crawl right up on me and just start, like, laying its head on my beard. And I'm like, okay, you're a little close. (laughs) But, um, well, me, right now, I'm drinking a Coors Banquet, one of my... One of my favorites. What would you say is a favorite drink of yours, whether alcoholic, non, or hell, one of each? Uh, favorite alcoholic drink has got to be recently I had tried, uh, it was. Any type of like green apple whiskey with uh, uh, cranberry juice. Ooh, that sounds that sounds tasty. Yeah, I seen it at a bar to show it. I slaved to the death one time. I was like, I'm gonna try that. That sounds tasty, and I've been in love with it ever since. (laughs) Damn, I I might have to go give me a give me that a shot because I mean. You bring up the green apple whiskey, that already sounds tasty enough, but then you add that other part to it. And it's like, hmm, I'm 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 definitely gonna have to look into trying that. For sure. And then non-alcoholic is like any type of like I'm real big on like strong like lemon lime sodas. Okay. I've uh I've considered myself a bit of a Dr. Pepper fiend myself. My, my wife says I have a bit of a Dr. Pepper problem, and I tell her, I've, heard, I've got it figured out. Only problem I has, have is if I don't have any. <laughs> but the, the lemon-lime stuff, I mean, if I am at a place where, like, oh, they only brought in like sprite or whatever it's like man i can have that that's fine what would you say is like do you have a favorite lemon lime soda because i mean there's a variety of them out there oh when i say like strong lemon lime sodas i mean i'll take whatever lemon lime soda they usually have and usually i'm always getting a fountain soda and it's like I'll do like a lemon lime soda, probably Sprite or Sierra Mist, and then just fill it full of like you know that lime flavoring. Mm, yeah, yeah. Oh, they have yeah. those those uh, those uh, fountain things that will have like the different uh, flavorings you can like put in there. No, yeah, yeah. I, I get you. I like. Oh yeah. Where I cut I'm, up limes and throw it in my soda. Okay, okay, that, that's, that sounds good. I know with the uh, those fountain things, if I'm getting drink at the fountain, I like doing the, with the Dr. Pepper, I like putting in the, a bit of cherry and vanilla in there. I don't know, something about it, that just, oh man, it's damn good. I feel that. Last but not least, if you had, what would you say is your best advice for anybody wanting to get into wrestling? Uh, find a 
reputable school or trainer and get trained. Like that's, that's probably your best your best no. option. No, that that is that is true. And I mean it's not like these days, it's not like where it was oh boy, back when oh, dating me now, but I I graduated high school in 2002. And back then it was like, I don't remember if I knew of anywhere where there was a reputable school. And now like, no matter what part of the country you're at, you have within probably a few hours of you, you've got decent schools out there. Like, though we got black and brave Academy out there in Iowa, you got, Oh, California, you got Santino Brothers and Level Up ran by B-Boy. You've got throughout Texas and into Florida and up all throughout the East Coast. I mean, if you look, you can find it. And, you you know, there's definitely those schools out there that if you, you put it out there that you were a graduate of that school, it definitely carries some pretty good weight with it. Yeah, 100%. And it's very important that you get out there because, I mean, even with... Oh, no, go ahead. I was going to say, not only that, not only like the reputation of the school, but there's also the relationships you'll build at that school or learn to build at that school. No, that that is definitely, definitely true because, you know, as you're going through the training, you build the relationships with your trainers, with the fellow people getting trained. And then, you know, as you get in there, you get, you know, closer to when they're going to put you on shows and then they help. If you get one of the good ones, because there are those ones out there that kind of want you to stick with just them. But if you get one of those reputable ones, there's, they'll help you with, you know, okay getting your name out there and all that and then you build up those relationships there to where you know you can that even those people will help you get build even more so it's just kind of blossoms out that way i guess for a lack of a better way to put it but, um, oh, yeah. and uh Oh, yeah, it sounded like you were about to say something. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, just to add to that, uh, you mentioned schools that, like, don't want you to, like, leave their school and area. I've met plenty of those, but, like, the best thing that could have ever happened to me was my school closed its doors. And, like, it wasn't because they were the type that didn't want me to go anywhere or, like, leave the school. It was just at that time, I didn't know any better and I was completely content with like working Mm. at that school and like building a career from there. It was that complete like destruction of basically my foundation and like have everything crumble underneath me. It was like, all right, I've got to hit the ground running now and figure something the hell out. Oh yeah. No. And I mean, the way I like to, that brings up, something that I kind of like to bring up when people talk about uh, oh, how they thought when 
when I was on deployment with the Navy, there was a time where I had to stay up for four days straight, not even getting to lay down. And they're like, oh, I don't know if I could ever do that. Well, I always tell them, you really find out what you're capable of doing when you, you don't really have a choice in the matter. And if you're in a situation where the school you're at closes down, it's like, okay, if I want to continue this, I have no choice but to get out there and start any relationships that I didn't already have built, you know, busting your ass and doing it. Like the deployment, I didn't have any choice there with everything we had going. It just randomly happened where there was that four day stretch where I didn't even get a lay down. It's like, well, do what I got to do to push through until somebody finally, I remember last thing I remember hearing was we might want to let him go to sleep now and (laughs) finally got a lay down. But yeah, like I said, when you really find out what you're capable of doing when you don't have a choice in the matter, where if, like if there's something you want to get done, you got to get out there and do it. 100%. But that is about all I have. But before we go, one, where can people find you social media wise so if they don't already have their eyes on you, they can go ahead and get them there. Uh, social media wise, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, Satu Jen. Uh, I'm the only Satu Jen on basically any social media platform. So if you search me, you're going to find me. All right. Uh, we will definitely be adding all that in the description when this episode releases. Like I said, that is about all I have. My dogs are starting to stir up. So I think they're ready to go get outside and go do their business so thank you very much for taking the time to talk to me tonight and uh best of luck in upcoming shows and you're welcome back anytime sure thank you for having me all right everybody wanted to thank the sponsor today reaper apparel one two Encourage everybody to break out of the comfort zone, live their best self, which I very much support. They got great apparel, hats, shirts, beanies, hoodies, all that good shit. Be sure when you go on to reaperapparel.com, use the code DRINKIN for 10% off your order. Let's fucking go.